The only person that can walk our path is us. And if there is someone outside of you that has done something or has not done something, and you're holding on to a story around that, it is in this moment we can remember that we are allowed to release that story. But remembering that you are on no time limit or expectation. This is often why we don't heal from trauma and abuse and past pain. It's because we put ourselves in a box and think it needs to look a certain way, i.e. we compare our trauma story to other people, and or we think it needs to move through a certain time limit. I need to heal this thing by this time or else. And let me be very clear, there is no time limit. There is no expectation. If there is, you're placing that on yourself and you can remove it. Welcome, beautiful beings, to season two of the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast with your host, Harrison Ma. This podcast sets the loving intention of creating the mystical space needed to pull back the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. Now let's walk you home to your cosmic spiritual heart space. Good morning, evening, afternoon, magical spiritual beings. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another solo sode. A special solo sode today. We're doing a Q&A community Q&A episode. I haven't done one of these in a while and I'm excited to support you, nourish you, love on you in all the ways through this medium today. This will be a chat with all of your questions answered. A lot of you have submitted some really powerful spiritual questions that today I'm going to answer from my heart to yours. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. If you get a bit of value out of this chat today, please share this out far and wide. Remember that if you enjoy this platform, if you enjoy the topics, one way that you can help the show expand and also express and share the topics you want to be, you want to talk about, you want to hear from me is by heading over to Apple and Spotify and leaving it over there as well. You can join live here on these shows on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube by joining the communities, uh, by going to the Cosmic Love Antenna over on Facebook and joining over there. If you have questions today in this live community Q&A episode, please pop them in the comment section. And I do have a lot to answer, but if there is something on your heart you wish to express, I'll add you in where I can. Speaking of which, today I am going to be answering your beautiful questions. The topics included will be synchronicities and alignment, how to deal with anger, your inner child, abuse and acceptance, healing within relationships, planetary shifts, shadow work, and maybe just a little bit more. So stick around to the end, make sure, make sure you soak all of this up. And I'm really grateful for all of the community members that submitted not just questions, but very heartfelt and deep questions. So my love to you already for really being vulnerable and open. What I'm going to do with these with this episode today, I'm also going to put in the show notes uh, the other community Q&A episodes I've done on the show. They hold a lot of value, right? These these The intention of these chats is to jam-pack the 45 minutes to an hour with as much content as valuable as, as possible that is valuable. <laughs> 
So I definitely recommend go back and listening to them. I'm also going to be sharing the people's names of these questions and not sharing names based off uh, some of the sensitivity. So I just want to know, want you all to know that uh, your privacy will be kept if it is something you don't want to share, but I'll answer the question anyway to give you some support and love that you deserve. All right. All the foundations out of the way. Let's get right into it. First question we have today is actually from two people. And the question is around, Sabrina asks around synchronicities and alignment. Can you speak to this? What does this mean? How do we connect into this? And also another question from the lovely Sarah on Instagram. How do you know that what you are doing is the right thing and not a product of your ego? So both of these topics are together. So I've, I've grouped them together. I'm going to answer them within one. And it is a beautiful place to start this chat. Because I think when we're aligning to synchronicities and aligning to our alignment, the natural first question to ask is, what are we aligning to? What are we synchronizing to? And that's really where I want to start this. When we're asking if we are on our soul path, if we are in alignment or synchronized to something, in most ways, we can answer that question with, with God, with divinity, with source, with oneness. But it's important to acknowledge that that source, that God, that oneness, that divinity is you, is inside of you. So the path that we're aligning to, what we are synchronizing towards is ourselves, but specifically the deeper part of ourselves, the deepest part of ourselves, the part of ourselves that knows more than the mind, the part of ourselves that knows more than our shadow self or our unhealed ego. So the first step in understanding around alignment, synchronicities, and whether we are on the right path or not is seeing this, seeing that there is a deepest, there is a deeper version of oneself that is waiting to be expressed. The reason it's not expressed, the reason we don't see synchronicities, the reason we shift out of alignment and we become a product of our unhealed ego is because we become identified by our shadow and specifically the unintegrated, unhealed, repressed, ignored, forgotten parts of the ego, of the shadow. So one of the first ways that we can start to come back into alignment, to come back to our soul path and what we are meant to be doing is bringing our moment, momentary awareness to the current shadow that is projecting through us, the current wound, the current trauma, the current past pain. And we can start to acknowledge this by noticing what is happening in our outside world. One of the images and analogies that I give to help people realize that they're out of alignment and becoming a product of their unhealed ego is looking at the stream of life, the river of life, and simply asking the question, 
Do I feel like I'm swimming upstream? Swimming upstream? It's hard to say. Say that 10 times fast. Swimming upstream? Do I feel like there's resistance constantly in my life? Or do I feel like I'm flowing down the stream? A stream that still has rocks, still has challenges, still has things I need to move through, but it feels like I'm supported. It feels like there is a flow to my life. That's another way we can tune into our alignment, our soul path, and the synchronicities. Speaking of synchronicities, we could also notice them through the beautiful expression of the God that's outside of us. And what I mean by this is many of you listening have experienced angel numbers, have experienced numerology, have experienced animal guides. These are all examples of synchronistic events of the God that is us, that is outside of us, that is speaking to us. Welcome, Jenna. I see you there, my friend. Thanks for joining in the live chat. These are all examples of outside parts of us trying to get our attention, our attention to what? To come back into alignment, to come back into our soul path. So this is another way that we can start to use these synchronicities to come back to our greatest expression beyond the ego, back into alignment, asking ourselves when these angel numbers, when these totem animals, when these numerology events occur, not just asking what is the standard fixed uh, meaning of this in case of angel numbers, but what does this mean to me? What is this telling me? How does this make me feel? What is my higher knowing saying in response to this external expression of divinity? Okay. And then finally, in regards to alignment, synchronicities, and aligning to our soul path is really looking at our magnetization, our ability to attract things into our world. And I won't go too deep into, deeply into this because I have so many more questions to get to, but I'll, I'll just quickly plant this seed. One of the symptoms of alignment and connecting to our soul path is divine masculine and feminine balance. Not just being in our masculine, not just being in our feminine, but I like to describe it, walking the line between the yin and the yang symbol, that line between the black and the white. When you walk that line and you balance both these polarities in your life, both these divine energies, you magnetize things towards you. You attract things, the partner, the business, the opportunities, the abundance. So this is another symptom of synchronicities in your world of divine alignment and a way that you know that you're doing the right thing is you become magnetizing you attract instead of having to go out and find all right let's keep it going just welcoming all the people joining in the live facebook chat i see you there beautiful souls i have a lot of questions to get through today but if things pop up as always pop it in the live chats and i'll add you in where i can Next question is, and I'm going to keep this person anonymous just to make sure they are safe, but I want to answer this question regardless for them. The question is, I need to tame my anger enough to speak my truth and remain centered. What are your tips for doing that 
and to stay grounded and centered in moments when I am provoked? Beautiful question. This uh, user is from Instagram. And the first place I would answer this and begin with this is really an understanding around what all dense emotions are. And when I say dense emotions, I mean emotions such as repressed anger, such as guilt, shame, judgment. These are all emotions that need to be seen and acknowledged, but they are more dense, more heavy than most, as we've all experienced. What we need to understand with these dense emotions is that they all come back to fear, right? Everything, <laughs> everything in life is one of two things. It's either one or two things, either love or fear. And fear, I would also categorize as separation. I would categorize as pain. But what I'm getting at here is anger as a dense emotion will always have some fear in it. It's the first place to begin with speaking your truth and staying grounded when the beautiful emotion of anger comes up is asking yourself, what is the fear here? What is the fear that is connected to the anger that is causing challenge? Because I'm going to speak about this in a second, because in a second, but anger is not the problem. It is the separation, the density, and the fear that is connected to it. So, what is that fear for you? Once you identify what that fear is, we need to move through it. We need to move through it with what? With love. So, how do we do that in the application of anger? Well, the next step is understanding that anger is not negative, right? We all have judgment around anger. We all have mostly unconscious perceptions that anger is a bad thing that we're going to be seen as, you know, too much or evil or, you know, all of these negative thought forms. But there is a healthy version of anger. If you've heard me speak about this before, anger only becomes a problem when we either repress it or we take it out as rage on another person. The healthy version of anger is balanced anger, right? Anger that helps us actually speak the thing that needs to be spoken, express the thing that needs to be expressed, put a line in the sand and say, I matter. So in relation to the fear, we can ask ourselves not just what the fear is, but what is the thing that's not being expressed? Okay, becoming clear around what that is. I would use the affirmation, what would love do? Love would express that unmet need. And then finally, here with the anger, as you're expressing the unmet need, expressing the thing that needs to be said, using the anger, channeling it, remembering in the expression of the anger, your breath. Depending on how long the anger has been suppressed, it might come with a lot of stress, a lot of sympathetic, hyper-vigilant, fight-or-flight feelings in the body. So what is the number one tool that we have to bring us back to balance in these moments? It is our breath. So as you're expressing the anger, as you are speaking the thing that needs to be said, you're adding in the love, moving beyond the fear, Coming back to your breath. 
using that to come back into your body, right? As negative thought forms come up that tell you otherwise around not saying the thing, not expressing the anger, come back to your breath, opening your body, moving your body, opening up your chest, right? Putting your hands on your hips, rubbing your stomach, right? These are all examples, but tips we can use to help us shift from a stressed out sympathetic state into a rest and digest, relaxed parasympathetic state as we express the anger. Okay, next up. Number, question number three here, and this is a big, <laughs> a big topic, but I'll try and keep it concise. Sabrina on Instagram asks, how does healing, our healing affect our relationships? How does our self-healing affect our relationships? <laughs> and uh, I wrote some notes around these questions. And the first note I wrote was everything. <laughs> Just wrote the word everything. And adding a bit more to that, the short answer here with this question is your personal healing journey is a direct, has a direct connection to every aspect of your relationships. And I, I, I just cannot under and underestimate, underline and overstate that enough. One of the reasons this is the case is to be in relation, to be in a relationship to another soul, either romantically, either as a friendship or in your family is one of the reasons we are here. You as the unique soul expression that you are is here to experience the flow of energy and information, love with another person, with another aspect of you, another soul expression of the oneness that is you. Okay. So put simply to be in relationship is one of your reasons for being. In connection to the question, how does our healing affect relationships? Everything we start to do internally in our inner healing journey reflects outwards. Doesn't just reflect outwards in the environments and terrains that we're in, but affects outwards into what? Our relationships. We are a reflection. Our relationships are the reflection of our internal world. I often speak about the Vedic worldview that I prescribe to. And the Vedic worldview teaches that there is, for every individual, there is no objective outside world. There is just our inner state of consciousness or our current state of awareness or our current state of love project, projected through our individual lens and then out into the external world, creating that world. So simply what that means is our state of consciousness based off the healing that we've done on ourselves creates our external world. So your inner healing, your the current journey you are on, the current step you have taken creates your relationships, creates the dynamics that will flow. Right? It doesn't create the other person, right? They are their own person they have their own free will but it does create how you interpret 
how you take in, how you then react and ideally respond. (laughs) So the more work you do on you, the better, the more expansive, the more loving, the more abundant, the more you, you will see in your relationships. Because that's the other side of this. That's the other side of our healing journey and how it impacts our relationships. Another way of saying this is all love in the form of relationships is self-love. Right? If every other person is a unique expression of God, which is me, then when I'm loving in relation to another person, I am self-loving. That's the deepest version of self-love. So if we can understand that, then we can see, and this is probably the biggest illusion we can break through in our own healing, self-healing journey, the more self-care, self-love we apply, the more self-love we will see in another person. And when I say self-love, I mean us. The more us we will see. The consciousness state that we are will then become and project into the other person. Okay, and I know this is deep, but this is the only way I can answer this question in the fullest expression of it. So simply, it's everything. And I'll end by saying, if there's something in your current relationships, friendly, friendship, familial, romantic, that you do not like, that is causing you pain, that's causing resistance, the place to begin is with you, not with them. The place to begin is, what is this bringing up in me? How did, what is my responsibility to this? And going from there. And I will speak about this in other ways in these next questions. All right, next up here. The next question, again, I'm going to keep this person anonymous because it's a bit sensitive. Uh, but I do want to share it and speak to it and give some love on it. So this is around uh, abuse, around trigger warning, around sexual abuse. And the question is, I am struggling from fully seeing my pain in reference to the abuse and the experiences I had around it and remembering them. I'm wondering, how do I show up for myself and give myself grace? So I want to honor the person for asking this question and feeling brave enough for actually speaking about it in general. That's the first piece of love. And the next thing I want to acknowledge that there is a, uh, there's a mother wound here and there's an aspect of uh, the mum being aware of the abuse and not telling the person. So there's a couple of com- components to this that's causing pain and suffering. The first place I want to begin, and this may be hard to hear, but as someone who has experienced sexual abuse and gone through, not as a child, but as a teenager, but gone through this similar uh, state of suffering, it was hard for me to hear here as well, but it was the solution. And it is everything in our spiritual universe is happening for us. Everything, including all the abuse that we face. 
And it's so hard to hear this, right? Because especially if we are in the victim mask, if you were like me in the victim mask, when you hear that, you're repulsed by that. And of course you are, right? It's normal. But I say this with so much love. This is the first place to begin because until we take ownership, until we take responsibility of everything that has occurred in our life, not just the beautiful aspects, but the deep, painful experiences, we will not be able to move on from it, in my experience. So the first step here is to ask ourselves, how is this happening for me? What is the lesson here for me in this abuse, in the dynamics, in the triggers, in the different family members that are involved? What is the reason, the lesson for me? Okay, and that will be the first place to move through to give yourself grace, to show up for yourself, is to take loving responsibility for the pain that has come in for you. Because pain, that's what pain is. Pain is not coming in to keep you in fear, to keep you in separation, to keep you feeling like the victim. It's coming in to be the teacher. It's coming in to give you a lesson. It's coming in to help you expand your consciousness state, as I spoke about earlier. So what is that for you? And how can you give yourself compassion, grace, and love to move through that? And we can really begin this, and this comes back to what is the lesson here? We can begin this by allowing ourselves to feel all the feelings. Depending on the severity of the trauma, if you're like me with this sexual abuse, there's a lot of repressed emotion. There's a lot of repressed feelings around this event or series of events. So one of the first ways we can give ourselves grace and learn the lesson that needs to be learned from the pain teacher is to feel all the feelings, not suppress them, not become them, but be the loving container of love, the observer of love that you are, and feel it all. Feel all the guilt, feel all the shame, feel all the sadness, feel all the anger. I'd go back to why I spoke about with anger before. This connects to this. So feeling all the feelings. And not just feeling all the feelings, but remembering that you are on no time limit or expectation. This is often why we don't heal from trauma and abuse and past pain. It's because we put ourselves in a box and think it needs to look a certain way i.e. we compare our trauma story to other people, and or we think it needs to move through a certain time limit. I need to heal this thing by this time or else. And let me be very clear, there is no time limit. There is no expectation. If there is, you're placing that on yourself and you can remove it. And finally, because there is a mother wound component of this question and another person involved, a parent that didn't know, that didn't express and didn't, and there's, there's judgment and resentment. When other, when our family members or friends are, in, are um, involved in our abuse or trauma or pain, and we want to learn to detach from them, 
and I'm going to speak about this in another question uh, at the end here. But when we want to learn to detach from them, but also heal and move on, what we can learn to do is understand that while we have soul family, we have soul contracts with family members, with friends, with lovers, the number one responsibility we have on our soul path is to us, is to our own journey. And yes, external people have lessons for us. But at the end of the day, the only person that can walk our path is us. And if there is someone outside of you that has done something or has not done something, and you're holding on to a story around that, it is in this moment we can remember that we are allowed to release that story. We are allowed to let go of that expectation because they have their own journey to walk and we have our own. Our, our, we have ours. And that's okay. That's part of this experience. And you're not judged, not condemned for not, quote unquote, being there, for not treating them a certain way, for not helping them, supporting them. We are our own medicine. And who's to say that by you cutting this cord in this way that you need to is not the medicine that they need? It's not the wake-up call or the pain teacher that they need. So come back to you and your journey. Okay, let's keep it flowing. I'm about ooh, halfway through. Good, perfect timing. I just want to reset here for people joining live on the podcast and in the Facebook group and in LinkedIn, YouTube. Welcome. I see all your beautiful faces. Welcome, Marlon. Welcome, Darlene. Uh, I'm answering some community questions here today. If you have some that pop up before I finish, please pop them in the comments. I'd love to answer them and uh, add your voice in where we go, as we go. Okay. Uh, next up, next question slash topic here to speak to from the community. Sabrina again asks on Instagram, can you speak more to the inner child? And a uh, big topic. Uh, if you're new to my podcast, I'll put some episodes in the show notes. I've spoken to the inner child many times here on the show for some big reasons that I'll speak to here in a second. But I highly encourage you to go listen to some previous episodes on the inner child. It is a big part of my work in the world. And uh, there is a reason for that, which is the following. The inner child, in my experience, I spoke earlier about your shadow and these un this unprocessed pain and trauma that we all have. And there are many parts of your shadow. There are many parts of your unhealed ego. But in my experience, the biggest percentage of our shadow and unhealed egos is our inner child. Specifically, our inner child stories slash wounds, our inner child suppressed emotions and unmet needs. So going back to a question we had earlier, how does our how does your healing impact your relationships? If you're looking to bring more loving relationships into your world, in my opinion, one of the first places to begin is your inner child, specifically the parts of your shadow that are your inner child that need to be soothed, nurtured, and loved. 
Okay, so first part of why the inner child is so important. Second part is from a human lens, a 3D lens. The ages from zero to seven specifically in our developmental years are where we are most malleable, where we are most susceptible, where we are most programmable, where we are most open to outside influence from a human lens. This is very significant to understand because if you grew up in a world that I grew up in, there are a lot of outside, let's call them powers that and this is, you know, not conspiratorial. We can see this in many different ways through our government, through our school systems, through through world events, through media, social media, news. There are many factors as a child that are there, and we we can we don't need to even go down the conversation of whether they're intentional or not. They're just there. There are many components that are there that will program a child that is you to feel unworthy, to feel disempowered, to feel like you are meant to suffer, to feel like your power, your higher power, your source of sustenance is outside of you through all aspects of our being, through our health, through our education, through our wealth, through relationships, etc. One of the solutions to fixing this, and when I say fixing, I really mean remembering, remembering what? that your power, your worth, your enoughness, your divinity was always inside of you. The way that we come back to this remembrance is through the inner child, is through meeting the inner child needs, releasing the inner child trauma, expressing the feelings that need to be felt in relation to the inner child, and taking that step, connecting to her or him. And when I say connecting, this is also very important to hear. Connecting to your inner child through your heart, not through your mind, not through your ego. Because unfortunately, as I expressed earlier, most of us have an unhealthy ego with a lot of negative beliefs, a lot of negative thought forms, a lot of pain, a lot of misconceptions. So one of the best ways to connect to your inner child is through your heart. If you've done work with me, you know what this looks like. If you haven't, I'll put it very simple. It means connecting into the consciousness of love that exists in your heart space and inviting your inner child into that. That's a good place to begin. Okay. Obviously, much more I could speak about with the inner child, but we'll leave it there. And if you want more information, definitely check out some previous episodes I'll put in the show notes. Okay, a few more here. Uh, next one, I will also keep this person anonymous because it's a bit sensitive, but let's speak about it and give you some love. So there was a whole message here, but I'm just going to speak to a couple of components. This person, for her own reasons, chose not to be there in the passing of her daughter. She made the very conscious choice to let go and feel all the feelings and accept. However, uh, this beautiful soul has realized that her partner and the daughter herself 
has not accepted the transition. And this beautiful being is taking on a lot of limiting beliefs around what other people, what other people think and getting stuck in the trap of taking on their perceptions, their beliefs. And finally, she explained that in this letting go and moving through this, she experienced some spiritual hands lifting her up into the air and reaching out to her to hold her in her surrender through all of this. So first of all, just a beautiful experience. And I want to say thank you for sharing it with me. And I want to share some reflections around this and give some support for you and anyone else that has moved through something similar around transitioning loved ones and letting go and surrendering. And you can feel the emotion in my voice, right? Because it's, it's very an emotional experience. So first of all, I just want to go back to what I said earlier around having our own soul path to walk, even though we are in a family of people usually, and we can feel like we need to walk their own path. At the end of the day, the first step to see is our responsibilities to our own soul path. No matter what our family is going through, we must realize we must ultimately come back to that. So that in itself can help us surrender and accept what needs to be accepted. But what else can we do? Let's say that's hard. That's becoming challenging. Well, something we can also do to help with this in these cutting of these cords, which is what I would classify it as, is we can learn to give compassion and love to the pain, specifically to the pain that is being projected onto us, right, of the family members. You know, in this case of the, the beautiful family member that's transitioning and the, the father, right? If there is pain being projected onto us, i.e. the suffering of not being able to let go, what we can do from our heart space is we can meet that pain, meet their pain with love, meet their pain with compassion, meet their pain with our own grace. And this has a beautiful side effect of when we do this, it also soothes the part of us that is being triggered by their pain. Because it's never just, remember what I said earlier about the outside world being a reflection of our inner state of awareness, our inner state of consciousness. If someone is projecting pain onto us and we are reacting to that pain, it is not just their pain that's causing challenge. There is a piece of us inside of us that is connecting to that pain. So without getting too convoluted, when we project grace, compassion, and love to an outside source of resistance, it also soothes us. It also helps us. Okay, that's the first piece. Second here, what I would do is in this transition, in this surrendering and acceptance and letting go, remembering, and this connects to what this person experienced with the, the hands coming down and, and holding her and helping her. We must understand, and I want everyone to hear this, we are surrounded by love. We are surrounded by by support. And what, what I, I don't just mean physical 3D human love and support. I mean spiritual non-3D angels, guides, spiritual team support. I always 
I always uh, explain the the funny meme in this in this moment when I describe this. There's a meme on Instagram that goes around often of you see the planet Earth and it zooms out and in the planet Earth is all these bubbles of people saying, I feel alone, I'm isolated. Who can I turn to for support? And above the Earth in the in the darkness of space, there's this army of angels looking down, waiting. And what this image highlights is a very real reality in my experience. And it is a reality that we are surrounded by not just love, but loving entities in the form of angels, in the form of spirit guides, in the form of ancestors, in the form of so many different kinds of loving energies and entities. But one of the fundamental rules of the cosmos of the universe is free will, respecting free will. And what this means in relation to these entities is they will not force themselves on us unless we ask, unless we open our hearts to them, which in many ways, this is what this person did in this experience. But when you're in the same situation, when you are having trouble surrendering and accepting and moving through these kinds of pains, ask for help. Ask for help and support from the non-3D world, from your angels, from your guides from your ancestors. Ask them specifically for the answer to the challenge you are facing and they will show up. You will feel it, but they will only do so if you open to it. Right? If you, and I have love for you, if this is you, because I was there too. If you're the kind of person that doesn't believe in any of this, that is closed to all this, then with no judgment, that's okay. But of course, it won't happen for you because that is the reality you're creating. So even if you're new to this, open to the faith of it without having to need to, without having to see evidence. Because that is what open intention is, right? We open to the faith of knowing without knowing, moving beyond the mind. So I would just, again, just summarizing this for this person to ask the question, I would lean in more to that experience that you had because there's probably more answers there. Okay, let's keep it going. Getting passionate here. Next question from the lovely Ishita on Instagram is how do we, def- how do we find divinity and our center on days when our shadow self is coming to the surface. How do we find our divinity and center on days when our shadow self is reflecting and coming to the surface? So I spoke about this earlier with the unhealed ego and coming into alignment. So I would apply everything I said around that to this. I'm going to add some extra little quick tips here. First of all, it's removing all judgment in the moments where the shadow does become us, when we become identified by the shadow, the unhealed ego, one of the biggest blocks that I see for people I work with is in being unable to move through their shadow and their limiting beliefs and their unprocessed pain and trauma is that they add judgment to the anger or judgment to the judgment or judgment to the guilt or judgment to the shame, right? We think we're broken. We think we are less than, we think we're something wrong for becoming that shadow. When in reality, you're just a human that is experiencing the human condition and 
you must understand that the shadow too is loved. The shadow too is a part of this experience. So catching your judgment when you become your shadow and letting it go, releasing it, loving it, is a tip in itself. Another tip I would say to break free of the shadow is to incorporate a loving system shock. (laughs) And what I mean by that is doing something that resets your system very quickly. Okay, this could be many things. For me, it's exercise. For me, it's it's um, breath work, but the sympathetic style of breath work, the fast belly breath work, right? For me, it's food. For me, it's connecting into nature. But for you, it might be different. But the thing that has in common is doing something, something different to wake you up, to come back to the real reality. The real reality of what? Right? Remember when I spoke about fear earlier, There are only ever two states you can be in. One of fear, which is where I would say the shadow is coming, becoming your identity, or one of love. So the system shock, what it's doing is bringing you back to love. What is the thing that is going to bring and evoke the love that you are to come forward, to help you come out of the shadow? And I'll give another example. It could also be connecting to someone. Being, remember, being in relation. Because relation is your purpose. So being in relation to another person, receiving support from them, could also be the system shock. Could also be the reset. Could also be the way back to love. Okay, so I hope that helps. And last question here, which flows on beautifully, is how... I didn't put the name of this person. So forgive me for not calling you out, but beautiful soul. She asks, I think it was a woman. She asked, how do you keep, how do we keep ourselves balanced during planetary shifts, new moons, full moons, et cetera? And I would add on to this uh, cosmo- cosmological shifts. So it's a really good question <laughs> and something we all must come to understanding around whether we are consciously aware of it yet or not. And the first answer to this is not resisting, not resisting those planetary shifts, not resisting the new moon, not resisting the full moon. And why do I say that? I say that because it is an illusion to think that the cosmos, the moon, the sun, the planets, It is an illusion to think that one, we are separate from them and two, we are not a part of them, right? And there are so many justifications I could give for this from, you know, the the female uh, monthly clock to the, the, the waves being impacted on the earth to biodynamic farming. But put simply, to really understand this is seeing that our what we are as a consciousness, remember that everything is a part of the oneness, the God, the love that we are. Everything outside of us is a reflection. That is, this includes the planets. This includes the cosmos. This includes the moon, the sun. So how we balance ourselves in these moments of shifts is surrendering into them, is understanding that they too bring guidance. The degree, as an example, I'll just use the female hormonal clock and the monthly bleed 
right? The degree in which we accept and open to the 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 fifth, I think the fifth or the fourth, uh, si- the fifth biological sign, that is the bleed. The degree in which we open to accept that is the degree of how healthy we are. Right? If we are not accepting our monthly bleed, if you're in a female body, then this causes disease. This causes dysfunction. This causes disconnection. Right? That's just one example of the planetary impacts on our individual self. The second tip I would give here around dealing with these planetary shifts is healing your body. It's, it's very easy to not see that our physical body, the degree in, in, in which how healthy it is, is how well we will be able to adapt to shifts internally and externally. So put simply, if you're finding it hard to deal with the moon, the Gemini, <laughs> the sun, whatever it is, your astrological shifts and, and, and changes, then it is a sign that something is off inside of you with no judgment, with just love, that you need to make a health change. And only you will know the thing that needs to be changed in this moment because it could, could be many things. But you need to make one step and take one change. Okay, and then the last tip I would give around this is getting into a practice. And I share this affirmation many times around uh, these kinds of topics, getting into the practice of doing an energetic cleanse. Oftentimes when we have trouble balancing planetary shifts, it's because we are holding on to a lot of negative thought forms or negative energy from the outside world. So getting into the habit of clearing your energy field morning and night can be a way to move through this. Okay. And the affirmation that I use that I'd recommend you use is dear soul and divine presence, please place the following in a healing chamber of love and light, all negative thought forms and disembodied spirit souls and entities that can block clear communication between you and I. I'll repeat it again. Dear soul and divine presence, please place the following in a healing chamber of love and light, all negative thought forms and disembodied spirit souls and entities that can block clear communication between you and I. If you practice that affirmation, morning and night, that can be a way that you can cleanse and reset and come back to balance, not just during planetary shifts, but also from just living a life as a human in this very complicated world. We did it. Got through all the questions today. I hope this brought you value as always. Thank you for all of your beautiful queries and shares from your heart. They really activated me today. And I hope that how I supported really soothed what you are asking. As always, please do not just listen to this episode. Take action, inspired action on what you heard today. Remember that we must embody spiritual connection. And the way that we do that is by taking inspired action. So take one thing that you heard today and embody it. Remembering that if you need further support, guidance, and love with these kinds of topics and challenges, this is what I do 
in this world for a living. So reach out on social and we can talk about what this looks like to spend some time together mentoring and coaching. I'd recommend you go listen to the, to the other Q&A episodes for more guidance and more love. But until next time, here on the Cosmic Love Antenna, I send you love, I send you light, and I'll see you again very soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna with me, your host, Harrison. If you gained value or this episode hit your heart, please remember to share this out with a friend, a family member, or a lover. You can also leave your love over on Apple Reviews and Spotify Star Feedback, and this helps me spread my frequency to more souls in need. Finally, if you want to connect with me deeper, want to reach out, interested in coaching, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and LinkedIn at Harrison Ma, Ma spelled M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Sending you so much love. host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid.